In this episode of Inspiration is Everywhere, Tavi and I are continuing the discussion about internal and external processing by having a conversation of our own and reflecting on the previous episodes and how they've inspired us. Hello and welcome to our reflection for this batch of episodes of Inspiration is Everywhere, a field guide for the storytellers of the world. I'm Tavi Stutz and I'm here with my co-artistic director of Deconstruction Arts, Jane Rose. During this episode, Jane and I will be chatting about the previous episodes which focus on the concept of internal and external processing. In the episodes leading up to this, we talked about internal and external processing, different acting styles, and had conversations with our wonderful friends Lance Roberts and Michael Lindsay about how internal and external processing comes into play in their work and personal lives. Jane and I circled back on these previous episodes, and today we're going to dig into some thoughts that came up from this experience. Uh, As you hopefully are coming to expect, this conversation might end up being a bit tangential, and we hope you enjoy listening to our tangents as much as we enjoy having them. So, should we do this? Of course we should. (laughs) (laughs) So. Right, where to begin? I think that part of this, and we kind of discussed this a little bit before we went right ahead and hit record, is neither of us could really remember why we decided to do these particular episodes. Like not why we talked to Lance and Michael, because they're amazing and wonderful and loved getting to know them better from my perspective and hear about their you know involvement but I just I couldn't for the life of me remember why we focused on internal and external processing and in particular why acting styles right you know and how is it inspirational or why is this an inspirational thing like why this topic I I found our our guests incredibly inspirational just because of them and that's been one of the joys of doing this podcast with you and sharing it with the people who are listening is all of these different humans that we have the opportunity to interact with and I hope that everybody who's listening to this has people who are also like this in their lives that they know personally. They're maybe not the big celebrity who makes it onto the cover of this or that, or the inventor or anything that, you know, makes national news, but there are so many rich and inspirational people that surround us in all different walks of our lives. Because internal and external processing, the the topic itself feels very cut and dry, it's like here, like you know, it's almost like you can look it up, you can look it up in the dictionary and find a definition. You're like, all right, this is what it is. So in terms of learning something new, I in in regards to internal and external processing, probably didn't necessarily learn anything new, but I don't know that I could because yeah. it's just something to that's out there. <laughs> However, I learned so much about these people. Like Michael is he is so wonderful and to to hear his kids laughing in the background and playing around Mm -hmm. is so sweet and it just gives you insight into who he is right that he's able to focus and have a deep and meaningful conversation with us while his kids are outside playing around and you know it was on a weekend he wanted to be out there playing with them I'm sure and then was like ah we'll get to it yeah so that was fantastic and I find them super inspirational as people. Yeah, re-listening to Lance's, I just listened to it again this morning and hearing him talk, I get so excited. 
mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wait, maybe I need to, he, he always has a million projects going on or in his back pocket, he's able to pick any one of them out. And that's where his Broadway calling came from. And it reminds me that I'm very similar. I have a lot of yeah. projects and what I find inspirational about him is that he actually goes back to it and is, you know, he's sitting down and he's like, I've got a moment. What can I get into? Yeah. I find that I often I'll start something and maybe it just goes on the back burner and I, I don't really get back to it. Yeah. I mean, I'll definitely say that I've had that experience and I think we've experienced that as well with deconstruction arts where we've got projects that we've discussed and then for whatever reason, time, often money (laughs) come into play and we're like, well, not yet. Put a pin in that one. I certainly have multiple different ideas as well that are always kind of just floating back there that I'll probably never get to. Some of them I might, I revisit them. I think what was interesting about, you know, sort of reflecting back on even taking on something like internal and external processing is that what I think I struggled to come into this conversation with what felt like anything meaningful to say was that they in of themselves are not triggers for inspiration. I don't think, at least I don't find them to be so. And if anybody else feels that way, absolutely, please reach out to us because I would love to hear that perspective. But in terms of just them as sort of like concepts to know and understand, it's sort of going in a different path, which is not unimportant. It's just a little to the side of some of the other things that we've brought in, which is that it's placing importance on knowing yourself and then being able to recognize in others what attributes they have so that you can better collaborate, form relationships, and then draw inspiration from them. But it's it's not the direct line. It's the it's sort of like the homework that you have to do to get to the thing as opposed to the thing that immediately, you know, triggers something that then you want to go and do a project or whatever. Yeah, that's great. And it reminds me something that Michael talked about when working with his clients is that he doesn't tell them what to do. He said, I don't tell people what to do. Instead, I help them find their own way, which sounds really cool. Yeah. Right. Because I think a lot of us go to therapists because we need help. Right. But it feels like as someone who needs help, it feels easier if someone were just telling me what to do, do this, do this, do this, then you'll be better. Instead, he's like, he says he works with people to help them find their own way, which I feel in the end is probably of even greater benefit. Well, yeah, it's, you know, what is that old adage of give a, give a man a fish and he'll have one meal, teach him a fish and he'll be able to live forever or whatever it really is. And I will say that my experience working with uh, psychologists over the years has always been Michael Lindsay's approach. Maybe it's that I was just introduced to, you know, really good psychologists because <laughs> I, I can't imagine it being a different dynamic. Like I, I, I feel like I would find it incredibly off-putting if someone told me what I was supposed to do with my head. Mm. You, you had brought up meditation being really challenging for you when we were talking to Michael. Yes. <laughs> and Michael had brought up something which, you know, a lot of Uh, people that teach meditation say, always bring it back to the breath, focus on your breath. But what that doesn't necessarily answer is how to get your conscious mind focused on the breath. 
a, a trick that I've learned that I would like to share with you is if you're counting your breath. So you still have thoughts going on in your mind, but you're just counting. You're, you're counting to four or five or six or seven, and you can make those breaths take longer and longer. I've tried that. I'm actually right now doing a meditation workshop with a friend and colleague who I've worked with and you have on the same program. I can't remember if we were in the same summer together or not, but summer arts. And, uh, and so I'm doing it and it's, it's tough for me because it's an hour and a half of meditating. Um, I mean, there's discussion in between and then, and then there'll be a meditation section and then there's discussion and then, you know, so it's like, it's probably 30 minutes of meditation in the hour and a half. Um, but that's still quite a lot. And a couple things that I have noted about myself and, something for, for people to observe in themselves, if, especially if you identify as an internal processor predominantly, who has a little bit of a struggle getting everything upstairs to just, you know, shoosh for a little bit for you is one, I have a, I, I have been able to reflect on the fact that I have a pretty big ability to still and control my physical nature. And that does come from many years of all the physical training that goes into the type of stuff that Tavi and I do, right? It's like my body is very trained. And so if I tell my body to be still, it will, even if it's uncomfortable, it's like, ignore that itch. Yeah, fine. I can do that. Brain shut up. Nope. Still really hard. <laughs> I've tried the counting the breath thing. The problem is that, and, and I've heard this from, you know, different yoga classes and meditation things over the years is like, we'll acknowledge the the thoughts and let them go. And I'm like, I am, but then they start like more thoughts. And so it's like, it's kind of unending. It's not like just a couple and then it goes silent. It's like random shit that then I'm also like, what made me think of that? Dear God, haven't thought about that in decades. Um, and so recently what I actually tried in the context of this workshop that I just started doing is I am playing around with not actually closing my eyes when I meditate and instead finding a soft gaze on a focal point, but then it doesn't allow my brain to create its own pictures because it has to maintain a visual focus, which I know is often not the way you're cued. It's also like, it's often I've been prompted to close your eyes and that kind of stuff. And like, I get it, but it, I, I'd be interested to see if other people found that helpful because yeah. It was really interesting. I would say for my own self, I agree with that. People are like, make yourself comfortable, sit down, close your eyes. But I think that's also why a lot of people fall asleep during meditation. So for me, my mind is actually very active when I'm in meditation, but it's, I'm not coming up with the thoughts. It's more so thoughts are coming to me. So when you had said that you started thinking about things that you hadn't thought of in decades, I would say that that might even be your meditation. Like these thoughts are coming to you for a reason. Because if it's something that's coming to you, that's, I think there's a difference behind receiving a message, something's coming in and you're having these thoughts. So receiving messages I think is great. And you may even, as you do that, you might find that the kind of messages you're receiving start to change. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing how the rest of that goes. Something else I found super interesting 
is our dear friend Lance Roberts, I think is an internal processor who is an extrovert. Yes, I agree. And the reason why I find it interesting is because in speaking with Michael, he had brought up kind of the the introverts being internal processors and extroverts being external mm-hmm. processors. And we were like, yeah. And then we found, you know, further in the conversation, we found the gray area that can exist of the crossover. Yeah. And then we talked to someone who is the crossover of being an internal processor who is very much so an extrovert. Yeah, it's true. I think that is an important differentiation for people to be making for themselves is to to recognize the difference between the way that you like to think through information, understand the information, whatever that may be, whatever that is in your life, and that that is very different than the way you interact with somebody else energetically. And it, it could be like me, like I'm an internal processor who's an introvert. You're center meets center. <laughs> center meets center. It's true. I feel like during this time, I've been spending a lot of time at home and I'm fine with it. But I do also miss going out and being parts of productions and stuff like that. So I look forward to the days that theaters and collaborations can open again and that can happen. But in the meantime, we've got our podcast. Yep. Well, and Michael is more in the same vein as me, where he's introverted, internal. And then, yeah, Lance is the one that people don't immediately think of, which is somebody who's extroverted, as you said, and enjoys processing internally which also just in the context of this conversation and I, I I honestly can't remember if I brought this up in our very first one so if anybody does and wants to tell me then that's great um, and if not we'll just let that roll on by which is that internal and external processing while there is an innate portion of it it may also be something that is based on experiential conditioning Because what I'm thinking of is Lance talking about how he was alone a lot as a kid. Right. That's, that's the nature nurture. I feel like we need to have another discussion about a different um, conversation about nature. Yeah. Because the nature and human nature, because I find that topic to be so fascinating and I can't even think of a good segue for, for the next thing that I want to talk about, but something that I loved that came up is in speaking with Michael, he brought up, I guess what I would call compassion. And he said, he talked about creating a safe space and allowing introverts or internal processors to be internal processors and not trying to change that. And then also the same for the other so that we can both sort of understand compassionately where the other person is coming from and how they process information. It's such a beautiful thing to hear or think about? What it makes me think of is how, especially in the United States, and I feel I always reference that since it is the the only thing I can really truly speak to, because while I have traveled, I haven't lived extensively in other places, and I don't definitely don't have that perspective to talk about what would it culturally be like in Asia or, you know, South America or Africa or anything like that, is that in the United States, what I observe is, well, first off, we have this sort of pattern of overcorrection. And what makes me think about it in the context of this is that repeatedly during these different conversations, we 
gave a lot of floor time to talking about internal and introversion. And part of where I observe that coming from is that the United States has predominantly a extroverted external ideal sort of baked into a lot of the things that we consider to be successful in our society. And, and so there's sort of this, this swing that's been happening for quite some time now, but is starting to take hold where people are going, no, no, wait, there's another side to this and really highlighting that side. But then you can't allow it to be like, well, everybody's an introvert and internal processing because that's not true either. It's trying to figure out what the balance is. And there, there's similar things that have happened in particular because it's something I've studied um, quite a bit is uh, you have this conversation come up when it, uh, in regards to gender and representation of gender of like, are we talking more about masculine or feminine or that kind of thing? And then it all gets really muddy because we start talking about one more or the other and someone gets butthurt. <laughs> way, way for me to oversimplify that. Um, but, uh, but I do observe a similar sort of thing where you know introverts have been given permission to be themselves and internal processors if and when they align in a similar way and that when we do that recognizing that a it's important but b what you were starting to sort of get to of not then not saying that the ex that an extroverted external thing is bad it's just different and we need to embrace that and understand it and acknowledge it, not just in ourselves, but in the, the people who we come in contact with so we can all communicate with each other better. Like that should be the goal to understand and communicate and be compassionate to what someone else's process and personhood is. If you take that to something that Lance had brought up is he, he says, which I think is beautiful, that everyone has a story. And if everyone were to share their story as where it may not be unique for you or may not be inspirational for you, it would be for someone else. And I love that because it's about art for art's sake. It's about let's mm -hmm. create art and not, I wanna be a celebrity for whatever reason. It's I wanna make art, I wanna share my story. And then inside of that, it's like human, human. Yeah, connection. I think if everything came from a a primary entry point of, I really just want to share this. And if that stayed at the center, I think we would have very different things being created. And then that kind of brings up the idea of vulnerability and right to, to share your story, you kind of have to be vulnerable to put yourself out there like that. And then inside of that, I think vulnerability, you talked about this with America and how or how the United States views uh, internal processors or that it's something that's less than or whatever. I feel like vulnerability is often seen that way too, but I think that is the, that that conversation is also changing. There's Absolutely. like a strength happening in vulnerability and people are finding that and there's a strength behind being an introvert and that's there. So it's, it's nice to see that these conversations are happening. Yeah, agreed. So thank you, Jane, for taking the time and having this reflection episode with me. Turned out a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to. So that's also really cool. Yeah, thank you as well. And thank you to everyone who has been 
listening along the way. Thank you for joining us here today. And remember that inspiration truly is everywhere. At some point today, stop whatever it is that you're doing, look around, take a deep breath, and be inspired.